Hi there, welcome to Somewhat Overfitting, the podcast about data science and digital transformation. My name is Jonas, and every week I'm interviewing people in the data science field on how they use data in their day-to-day business life. Today I'm talking to Thomas Goubet, data analyst at Deloitte in Salt Lake City. Thomas was born in France, grew up in Spain and did his bachelor's in finance in Italy. At one point he lived in Dubai and last year he graduated with a master's of science in business analytics from the University of Utah. He speaks seven languages, one of them being Japanese, but more on that when we start talking. Now about today's show. As I mentioned, Thomas is a data analyst at Deloitte. There he is working mainly on risk and financial advisory projects. In today's show, we talked about how his team at Deloitte is set up and how their workflow goes. Thomas also described the outcome his team is generating for their clients. And finally, we discussed how Deloitte is embracing the use of data with their clients and how they are measuring the value that their projects are generating. So let's get started. All right. Hi, Thomas. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty well. First of all, you speak like six languages, no, eight languages, uh, <laughs> increasing every week? I, I'm working on my seventh, but right now I'm just on six. Just in quotation mm -hmm. marks on six. On one side, it's like English, obviously. I think French mm -hmm. as well. Italian. Mm -hmm. so English, uh, French and Spanish were my mother tongue. So that's where yeah. I grew up speaking. And then I learned Italian, uh, Japanese and Portuguese. Japanese, that's like respect. <laughs> <laughs> that one was hard. <laughs> All right, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So after I graduated high school, um, pretty much a lot of members of my family were in, in finance. Uh, two brothers working in investment banking at the time. So I thought, hey, I'll study finance for my bachelor's. Um, after working for about a year and taking some time off to, to do some volunteer service that I wanted to do in Japan, um, I realized that I probably didn't want to go back to finance and I kind of looked for common elements that I've, I had always enjoyed, um, which were kind of problem solving, uh, applying, you know, math in terms of like algebra, calculus, statistics, and, and that kind of led me down the, the data science or data analytics rabbit hole. And like, like, you know, I, I went to the university of Utah. Um, and I graduated from master's in business analytics. Um, and I was fortunate to, to get a job offer with Deloitte to be a consultant in their, their risk and financial advisory practice. So that's where I've been for the last eight months, nine months. And in the risk and financial department, you mm -hmm. use probably data in some way. And what is your job right now? What is your job mm -hmm. looks like? You know, you, you see it a lot in consulting, but Deloitte specifically, uh, they put a lot of emphasis on, on data-driven decision-making um, and leveraging new technologies and things like that. Um, and so uh, whenever they approach a problem, right, and they offer a, a solution deliverable to the client, it's very much data-driven. Um, so risk and financial advisory has many different branches. They go from cybersecurity to um, IT system audits. Uh, the practice that I'm in is called risk intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that is also pretty non-descriptive. But specifically, it's, it's helping uh, these large corporations, mostly, right, um, to deal with third-party risk mm -hmm. and to quantify it, manage it, uh, predict it, um, overcome it. And so it looks 
very different. I'm on several different projects at a given time, and they all have different purposes. Um, specifically for me, and I think because of the background that I have, a lot of the time um, I'll be brought onto a project to see if there's a use case for artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever there's like transactional data, large volumes of data, or there's you know a predictive component and things like that. But even without that being included, um, you know, tying financial statements, uh, supply chain forecasts, that kind of thing is very much data driven. So you're working on projects probably for different companies, for mm-hmm. different customers from uh, of Deloitte. And sometimes there's like an outcome, like a dashboard, I guess. And sometimes there's mm-hmm. like more intense things like machine learning algorithms. Can you describe that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's it's whatever um, the, the use case, the problem is always different. Mm-hmm. And so there's several different steps. We analyze what, what data we have, um, what the problem is at hand, and what solution we want to bring, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, one project can be uh, detecting fraud mm-hmm. in, in, you know, transactions, or another project can be um, creating a new forecast system for a supply chain management um, team. And in those cases, what we try to do is use the tool that makes sense for the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this fraud detection case, for example, specifically, and that's where the interesting part happens, where data and business come together, mm-hmm. where where we analyze the data, we look at it, we identify it, and then we try to apply the modeling perspective that makes sense. And not just from a statistical or mathematical point of view, but you have to take into account the um, budget. You have to take into account, you know, the deliverable, like you said, are we going to deliver a dashboard? Are we going to deliver just a dollar value? Mm -hmm. Are we going to be training the team to do it themselves? Um, so on a day-to-day basis, the approach changes. And I think the biggest um, strength that a data analyst can have, or a, even a business person that mm-hmm. likes to leverage data, I think is to be able to have all these different tools available and identify which one really makes sense. Yeah. And so if you're a business person, um, identifying what are your data limitations, right? Um, statistically, what makes sense? Um, and then if you're kind of more on the analytics side, trying to pinpoint, well, hey, what limitations do I have on the business side or what strengths are on the business side, right? Well, fraud detection, if there's only 300, 400 transactions, a machine learning algorithm is probably not going to do you much good. So on a day-to-day basis, um, those are the kind of the approaches that we have. And a mm-hmm. lot of the time, what we do like to do is, is give a visual deliverable because that's really powerful. So I don't know if that really answers your question very much. It does. So when the deliverable is a machine learning algorithm, is, is part of your mm-hmm. job to model it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, I don't want to give myself too much credit. Usually there's going to be a manager that knows a lot more about it than yeah. I do. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be a lot of data scrubbing, mm-hmm. um, gathering the data, putting in a format that that's, mm-hmm. you know, usable 
And once you've determined that a, a artificial intelligence, you know, machine learning algorithm uh, makes sense, mm -hmm. then it's about picking which one makes the most sense. Yeah. And then we'll go through a lot of back and forth iterations of tuning, yeah. training, testing, and then you can't just give a client code, right? Unless they have someone on the team that's like, mm -hmm. um, so that's where the dashboard element or a presentation yeah. or that keeping that deliverable in mind to someone that doesn't really understand yeah. the modeling part of it, right? Um, but but yeah, that's that does definitely happen. So is it then that the whole team, let's say five people, if that's the team size, work on the same algorithm, or is it more that? You have the problem, you have the data gathered together, and then each person is looking into a different algorithm and everyone tests one mm -hmm. algorithm and then at the end you compare the results. That's a really good question. So um, I've typically worked in smaller teams mm -hmm. where we didn't have a lot of people. I was mostly managing the code, the code mm -hmm. and then we had input, but not necessarily hands-on input. I will say a, a lot of the work actually comes in the planning phase. Mm -hmm. um, in identifying the strengths and weaknesses of certain models and uh, using, you know, leveraging that experience that uh, your senior consultant, manager, mm -hmm. partner will have, um, saying, okay, this one makes sense, this one doesn't make sense. You'll come to a point where you'll probably end up deciding on just one, mm -hmm. right? In um, the planning phase already. In the planning phase, yeah. 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 Or, or maybe you'll narrow it down to a couple, or a lot of the mm. time you'll have an ensemble model, which kind of mm. takes into account different models and yeah. puts them together for, yeah. a, for a more efficient outcome. But, but a lot of the work that actually happens is in the planning phase. Yeah. And can you describe the workflow? You, you, get, the, you get the briefing from the customer. You mm -hmm. are in the planning phase, phase. You figure out which kind of model makes sense. How does it work after that? That's a, that's a great question. Um, so, so each, um, there's an element that's very interesting is, is client interaction. Mm -hmm. It is very important. Each client will have a different pace. Each client will have a different level of sophistication mm -hmm. and different bandwidth, right? They'll be able to support you to a certain extent or not. Um, mm -hmm. so taking that into account in the workflow, the dynamic is important. Um, a lot of the time you will receive, so there'll be an initial um, conversation where mm -hmm. you say, this is the problem that we have. Um, these are the data points. And there'll be a lot of, on our part, Deloitte part, asking a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. um, we want to understand as much as possible. And, and then, of course, before you say, hey, yeah, I, I can do this. Or, yeah, yeah I can, you know. Um, and then we receive an initial data or we are given credentials or connect an API, what, whatever you, what you call it, but mm -hmm. we'll get the data. And then that's when really we'll try to pull it apart. There's going to be a yeah. lot of EDA, a lot of top level analysis and, and really understanding what are we working with? Mm -hmm. What are the anomalies? What are the outliers? What missing data do we have? Mm -hmm. What um, data engineering, do we have to do mm -hmm. how much and time so, of the project is allocated mm -hmm. to the eda part like 
roughly a percentage like 20 percent or like 50 percent that's a good question i would say yeah a lot like 50 percent yeah crazy um, and then like another 20 percent on like data cleaning and then like depending on how much time you mm -hmm. have in total obviously it's like a little bit different mm -hmm. yeah you have to allow yourself time for some back and forth yeah and but yeah i will say that for sure like yeah. the eda which kind of leads into planning onto how to approach the problem that right. takes a long time right and that's okay. And that's a, that's a problem, I think, that's very specific to consulting because you're mm -hmm. constantly dealing with data sets that you don't know, right. constantly okay. dealing yeah. with new clients. And so how does it go on from there? You have the EDA, you know how the data looks like, you have mm -hmm. it cleaned and dealt with the NAs, and then mm -hmm. you start thinking about which kind of model would make sense or what, or what kind of output would make sense. Mm -hmm. I would say probably the latter. Yeah. Um, at that point, something that's very important from a business point of view is um, uh, periodic touch points with the client. Yeah. So you, it's kind of like a sweet spot. You want to come to them with enough insight mm -hmm. that the meeting is not useless, right? But but you, you can't really get too far ahead yeah. because they might actually give you a piece of information that's crucial. Yeah. Um, a, a good example is uh, we, we had this uh, forecast model that we were working on. And, uh, you know, if we had tried to just create it, Uh, using we were using a, a a Rima X model, and if we had just gone and you know try to plug in like a a neural net into that mm -hmm. thing, we wouldn't have seen that there are actually uh, you know very specific events disruptions in their supply chain that affected our data. So by doing an EDA, we were then able to say, hey, this is what we want to do. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And then they'll say, yeah, I think that's a good idea, or yeah. actually. I just remembered this and this and that. Okay. So yeah. there's kind of the middle step, touch point, and then think modeling. Yeah. yeah. And then how does it go in the model? It's hard to imagine that five people or depending, you said small teams, is it like three people, five people on like one project? Yeah, it's, it's typically, it, it's the ones I've been on so far, yeah. right? I mean, there's Deloitte's such a big company and there's yeah. so many different types of projects, but It's been mostly smaller teams. But what, what, is, what is small? Like, uh, like the people between, who actually work on it. How I understand it, uh, then there's like mm -hmm. a manager who comes in once in a while and maybe has more projects he takes care of. Mm -hmm. And then each team that actually works on the project and does the hard work. Yeah, on it. <laughs> for sure. That's a good, good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. How, how many um, people is that in your team, for example, when you say small? So uh, to give you an example right now, I'm on a team that has myself, a consultant, Then a senior consultant that yeah. will also be pretty hands-on yeah. in terms of coding, researching, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you can either have a manager or a senior manager yeah. on the team, but not always. And a lot of the time, the manager and senior manager will be on that project yeah. and then maybe one or two more. Yeah. So I will say usually consultant and senior consultant level are the ones that really do hand-on hand yeah. modeling approach. Yeah. And then the manager will come in with that experience okay. and then offer, you know, insight. Yeah. 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 So it's basically two, two, like two always on people. And then like the, the manager who comes in and checks in and then mm -hmm. gives the direction. And that's actually mm -hmm. really small. And then you have the data cleaned. You have now your model. What's next? I, I will say, so right now, and take, to take a step back, right now we're at a point, right? where I feel like there's two, two groups mm -hmm. in data science or data analytics from, from what I've seen. 
there's there's been so much development in e-commerce and in SaaS industry and and things like that and and even just in consumer goods right marketing and such that there's a lot of very bright very specialized very capable people mm-hmm. and then the, the flip side is you have um, the rest of industries and companies that are stuck in the Excel world and mm-hmm. and if you're lucky maybe Tableau mm-hmm. right so so I will say that to answer your question. I'm in the latter group, mm-hmm. but Deloitte being who they are and puts a lot of emphasis on, hey, we want to be the the first ones to offer the best product, right? Yeah. So if there's a chance for us to do, you know, uh, web scraping and sentiment analysis on internet chatter, we'll do that, right? Mm-hmm. They have a team that does that. Um, in our case, we're implementing machine learning models to manage third-party risk. And it's usually just been sales reconciliation, mm. you know, things like that. So, so we're kind of pioneering that in, in a not very sophisticated for a not very sophisticated audience. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I meant that the visual aspect is very informative to them. Yeah. So you're in essence, not just delivering a deliverable, but you're also kind of teaching them. Yeah. You're, you're educating them, not just, because you're delivering a good product, but also because moving on, right? There's just so many more possibilities. Mm-hmm. You want to educate them so that, well, for you, you can deliver more and more in the future, right? Yeah. And make more money, yeah. of course. So, so a lot of the time we'll do like interactive, shiny, or um, Plotly has a very good dash um, package, which is a dashboard. Mm-hmm. And that'll give that interactive feel where they mm-hmm. can play around with it and, and feel like they're in control. And so mainly the the deliverables you have are mainly like things like a visualization of the risk that they have rather than a model that they can deploy and then gives the messages, hey, there's a there's a risk. So usually for the most part, we try to do a a dashboard deliverable or something something that that helps them visualize what we're doing, basically. And then you don't have any models that need to be somehow deployed on their servers because they might not have the capacity or the knowledge of having a live model running. So they'll typically not, they don't, if they come to us, they typically don't have someone internally that can, yeah. you know, update these models or, or create these dashboards. So th- that's what we call a managed revenue. Mm-hmm. It'll just be more kind of like a subscription, right? Just okay. to a yeah. product that we offer. How big are the companies you work with? Because I imagine Deloitte being uh, one of the top five or three or how many tops there are for (laughs) for consulting, but it's one of the top companies. So I expect that the rate is quite high. And then Mm -hmm. I also would guess that a company that affords Deloitte might have their own data science people, but it doesn't seem like that. Yes, yes, and yes. So they are typically very big clients, right? We're talking like Fortune 50 companies. Yeah. Um, the issue is, like I was saying, there's certain teams and certain departments within those companies that are very technical and very proficient, right? Like, you know, we don't even compare, like they have, you know, yeah. astrophysicists doing the data science work. We, we cater more to the other departments that don't necessarily have that level mm-hmm. of sophistication or certain projects, right? Where mm-hmm. historically it just hasn't been relevant. Mm-hmm. But now, okay. because they're getting so big and the yeah. world is getting so connected, yeah, there's new opportunities. What is in Deloitte's toolkit? Oof. 
at your position right now? Like what, what do you use? What programs do you use? That's a good question. So what tools do we use? Um, personally, for me, I, I'm a big R fan, but I've, been, mm. I've seen a trend that a lot of the data scientists at Deloitte use Python. And mm. to be able to collaborate and work in a team effectively, I've, I've put a little bit more effort in learning Python and mm. getting better at it. The, the principles are the same, but um, they have a lot of proprietary tools, mm -hmm. um, a lot of text analysis, automation tools. Um, they have a lot of money, so they can subscribe <laughs> to tools that, yeah. you know, web scraping. Yeah. And then they have proprietary tools that create sentiment analysis from, okay. from the news, yeah. you know, chatter on the Reddit, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, so that's the benefit, right? If you're going into a big company, they, yeah. have, they have the power to leverage those tools. But for me, on an individual basis, um, Tableau, I've seen is very powerful yeah. at creating very slick visualizations very fast, um, a very you know short learning curve. Um, I mainly use Python. Um, there are some cool tools. If you want to make a Python PowerPoint, there's something called reveal.js. Mm -hmm. Really cool. You can take your Python code and render it into uh, a, a presentation, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, there's Dash, which is a dashboard tool that you can code in HTML and CSS. And then I would say also don't underestimate the power of Excel. Yeah. You know, sometimes the, the answer is using a good pivot table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the easiest and quickest um, way. Yeah, exactly. So I, I learned that the hard way. I was trying to code so many things in in python and sometimes you know it's actually really easy to just throw it into excel and and, and back into python it's yeah. not not best practice i don't you know don't recommend it if you say that to a data scientist they'll probably crucify you but, but if it's yeah, quick, whatever if it works sense. yeah <laughs> exactly now being in, in a consulting and then client facing how do you measure the value of your work or how do they measure the value that deloitte generates I'll, I'll give you a, a two-part answer. Yeah. Of course, the, the deliverable, right? Uh, that's always good. So let's say you're doing a, a royalty inspection for mm -hmm. a big consumer goods company. Um, your, your metric is going to be, well, how much did you get in cost recovery, right? Mm -hmm. You did this inspection on our vendors, and, and how much money did they cost? Um, if you're making a forecasting tool, it's, well, how close did do we get to the actual values? You, if you're not adding value, there's a problem, right? Mm. So that's, that's of course, the main point. You got to add value. And that's when I said, you know, whatever tool adds value, it's, it's got merit. Mm. The second point is there's a big element of your, your nurturing relationships. Um, it doesn't matter how much value you add. If you're a pain to work with, and if the other person doesn't really like you, yeah. I guarantee you they'll find a way to like get you off the project. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so really, it's about being consistent, about being a good communicator, and uh, about just you know empathy and about good people skills and relation skills. Yeah. So you you want to add value, but you can't ignore everything else. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thomas. That's it for today. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for a new episode of Somewhat Overfitting. Thanks again to Thomas for being on the show. 
Today, I found most interesting that the outcome of Thomas's team at Deloitte are dashboards and also how small his team is. Let me know what you thought about this episode on somewhatoverfitting.com. There you can also find today's show notes. If you have something to say about data science and digital transformation, visit somewhatoverfitting.com slash guest and fill out the form. I'm always looking for interesting conversations. The theme song is called Everything You Wanted from Dan Lebowitz. Thanks again for listening and see ya.